0: welcome to a very special episode of leading the way with pastor and international bible teacher dr michael youssef recently dr youssef was invited to lead an evangelistic event at the historic moody center in northfield massachusetts award-winning musician mac powell provided some of the music and dr youssef passionately shared truth from god's word The Moody Center is a place that honors the life and ministry impact of Dwight L. Moody, a preeminent evangelist who declared the gospel to millions in his lifetime. And it's a place where events can be hosted to share the truth of God's word to a dying world. Listen with me now to this powerful message on leading the way.
1: Genesis 3, 9 God asked the very first question, the very first question in the whole of the Bible, to our human first human ancestor. He asked Adam, where are you? After disobeying God, Adam thought that he could hide from God. But here's an important thing. God did not scold him. God did not ambush him. He could have done that. God didn't even condemn him. He said to him, where are you? Where are you? He could have said, you fool. Did not tell you, you stupid man. No, 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 no. God doesn't do that. Don't you know that I can see everything? Don't you know that I know everything? How can you think you can hide from me? That tears me up. Because in the 56 years that I've been walking with Jesus, he's been patient with me. This is the character of our God. This is the character of God. He just asked him, where are you? Not because God did not know where Adam was. When God asking someone here today who's listening to me, he is saying, where are you? Where do you stand toward me? Not because God doesn't know where you are, but because God wants you to come to your confession. God wants Adam to confess and ask for forgiveness, but he didn't. Instead, Adam rationalized his sin, and he played the blame game. God wanted Adam to say, Oh, yes, Lord, I've allowed Satan to seduce me and disobey you. Forgive me. Yes, Lord, I have allowed false ideas about you to mislead me. Yes, Lord, I've allowed more false philosophies to keep me from you. Yes, Lord, I've allowed my own desires and my own selfishness and my own wanting to self-worship that clouded my vision of who you are. And I'm sorry and I repent. God was wanting Adam to say that, but he didn't. God is asking someone here today, where do you stand? Where are you? What is causing you to think that you can run away from me? What is keeping you from my heaven? What is holding you back from experiencing my comfort and my joy and my peace? What is stopping you from knowing me as a loving Heavenly Father? What is your rationalization of running away from me? Where are you today? Where are you today? God knows, but He's asking the question. And if you have never come to Christ, or if you have known Him for many years and you wandered off, and the problems of this world has got into you, doubt has crept in, you can say tonight, I come back home. He's inviting you to come. Confess him. He's inviting you to come to receive the gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Will you respond? I pray to God, you'll say yes. The second question that was asked is in the book of Genesis, also found in chapter 4, verse 9. After Cain killed his brother Abel, God asked him, Where is your brother Abel? Again, God knew what Cain did. God knew what happened. God knew that he killed his brother Abel. God knew all of that. God sees all things, knows all things. But that question tells you something about God. It tells you something about the nature of God. God always tries to give us the opportunity to confess our sins and turn to him so that he may receive us with open arms. Some of you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, Michael. Cain killed his brother. I've never killed anybody. These are the big sins. I've never committed any of those big sins. This is the deception of the 21st century generation. You see, my beloved friends, with God, sin is sin. There is no small sin and a big sin. Whether you miss the mark by one inch or by 10 miles, you've missed the mark. Missing the mark is what God cares about. A white lie or a big lie, God sees them the same. The money that you have taken that doesn't belong to you, is crying out to God. The seething hatred that you are filled with at the point of wishing somebody to be dead is crying out to God. And when God asks the question, He already knows the answer. But He wants us to have the opportunity to repent, to acknowledge that only Jesus' death upon the cross can bring you true forgiveness. But just in case, still think that... uh, God is only concerned about the big sins. I want to ask you a question. Okay, I'm asking the question now. Not God. I'm asking the question. What was Adam's sin that got him into trouble, that's thrown him out of the garden? Murder? No. There was no one to kill except Eve, and she was alive and well. In fact, she got him into trouble. (laughs) Adultery? No. No. There's no one to commit adultery with. There's only woman in the garden, and she's his wife. So what was Adam's sin that caused him and caused all of us to inherit those miserable genes and get us into the mess that we are in? Ah, he disobeyed God. He just disobeyed God. And my friend, this is the root of all sins. You see, that is the root. All the other sins are just the fruit. But the root is wanting my way. Wanting my way, not God's way. And we are seeing so many people in Washington, D.C. into self-worship now, it's not even funny anymore. God said, come to me through my son. Or suffer. Adam chose to disobey. And all of the human race ever since have suffered until 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 Jesus came to provide the way out back to God. There's another question that was asked. This time was not asked by God, it was asked by Job. Remember Job? People talk about the patience of Job. In Job 14.14, 14, it's very easy to remember. In Job 14.14, 14, he asked the question, if a man dies, will he live again? If a man dies, will he live again? You know, I was talking to a lovely lady, lives in our building, And every now and again when I ran into her and she would ask me she knows because she watches me on television, she's total unbeliever. (laughs) And she said, I just love to watch you burn. (laughs) And she stopped me in the elevator not long ago and she said, I'm deathly terrified of death, so I do everything possible to ignore it. I am terrified of the unknown. So I'm trying to convince myself that when I die, I just die and that's the end. I told her in no uncertain term that her fear is justified, that she should be terrified, that she should be afraid of death. Because God did not create us so that we may finish a death, He created us to live forever. Our bodies will die, but our souls are immortal. And our souls can only go to one of two places, either to heaven with Jesus or to hell with Satan. In this life, God gives us the opportunity to choose. (laughs) And the choices we make in this life determines our eternal destiny. The choices we make here and now will determine where we'll spend all of eternity. And eternity, my beloved friends, is a very, very long time. It is not just a 50, 60, 70, 100 years. No, it is forever and ever and ever. The choices we make here and now will either make us live in fear in this life or joyous expectations. And so what the answer to Job's question? Jesus said to him, Job, I'm going to answer your question now, Jesus now is answering the question. When Jesus Christ came from heaven, died on that cross and rose again on the third day, victoriously, mightily, he answered Job's question. Not just in words, but in action. He answered it through the visible eyewitness account by hundreds of the resurrected Jesus. They saw the resurrected Jesus And when Jesus rose from the dead, he answered Job's question. His resurrection says, yes, Job, every human being will live again. Yes, Job, every human being will eternally live. Yes, Job, every human being will end up in one of two places. Which brings me full circle to the original question. Remember I told you it's the most important question? Is the most vitally important question. What good is it for anyone to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Jesus asked that question because he knows that your soul is eternal. Because he knows he made us. Our souls are immortal. There was a time when you were not. But there will never be a day when you will not be. A million years from now, you will be existing, either in heaven with Jesus or in torment with Satan. I pray to God, not a person at the sound of my voice would make the wrong choice. Your eternal existence is for sure, so the question is, where will you spend it? I pray to God that everyone would say, I will spend it with Jesus. Jesus. And if you have not already made that decision, tonight you can. Tonight you can. I want to conclude by telling you a story, a true story that I read about in an archaeological magazine, believe it or not. And it was about 79 AD when the volcanoes erupted and rocked the city of Pompeii. Of the 20,000 inhabitants of Pompeii, some 2,000 people lost their lives. Among those 2,000 people, the archaeologists found a woman obviously loved her jewelry. And I want to explain that because it's very important. In the context of the scientific magazine, it jumped out to me as a person who loved Jesus. As the deadly rain of fire came down on that city, people ran into the ships that was anchored nearby the harbor and they escaped with their life. And this woman, like all others, probably tried to escape. Escaping out of danger is always a good thing, (laughs) always a wise thing. Escaping from the judgment of God is the wisest thing you can do. And that is why... The Bible calls out to us and says, Be wise. Be wise and escape from the judgment that is coming upon this world. And it appears to me at least is closer than ever. And that is why God provided only one way of escape through His Son Jesus. While this rich and beautiful woman escaping from the fire of Pompeii, she must have hesitated And that hesitation cost her her life. And here's the article in a scientific magazine, archaeological magazine. I'll tell you about it. Before running out of the house, she decided to collect her precious jewelry. Must have had a lot of it. Because uh, these scientists were saying that they found rings stuffed in her fingers, even though she's been dead for nearly 2,000 years. But it's all there. Obviously she couldn't find a bag or something, so she took the rest of her precious stuff and hugged it as she was running out of the house. And as she rushed into the street, clutching into her purse and diamond, embracing her rubies and sapphires and gold and silver, and ran out of the house. Today these same scientists value that these jewelries for millions of dollars. But alas... The trip back to her house because of her precious jewels cost her her life. Her love for her wealth took away the precious moment that she needed to escape. For by the time she grabbed her jewels and ran back on the streets, the poisonous fumes from the volcano overwhelmed her. Still there, They found her, pretty woman, well to do, lots of jewels. But she stumbled, fell, and died. What does it profit a man or a woman to gain the whole world and lose their own soul? This is just her body, this is just her life. But the soul is far more important. So she died clutching in her prized possession. She was buried under the ashes of Pompeii with all of her wealth. As I told you, the only reason I know that is because this archaeological excavation found her, and they pictured her. Still lovely. Her hands were still clutching on these jewels. The question I would have liked to ask her, why? Why did he go back for those things that will ultimately cost you a life. Why would you die for all the wealth in the world? Why? My friend, well, you say Michael Jules and that I don't like jewelry, and I don't like jewelry either. I don't wear them. But clutching onto your idea about God could be a downfall. Clutching onto someone else's teaching or ideas about God. What God is like or what God should be like, we hear that a lot now, can be your deadly downfall. But you must understand, Jesus is asking, what is He asking? He's saying that the perishing of the soul is far more serious than the perishing of the body. As a matter of fact... When the disciples came to him and were excited about the fact that they're casting demons and they're doing these things, he said, Rejoice, rather, that your name, written in the book of life, don't fear him who can destroy the flesh, but he who can destroy the soul. The soul. What can you really gain? If you have all the wealth in the world, and you spend your forever in agony, What can you really gain if you hold on to something, somebody else's idea about God? Why gamble with your eternal future and the future of your soul? And the answer, by the way, is not nothing. Nothing would be something. (laughs) The answer is a colossal loss colossal loss, eternity without God. Imagine the God who tells the sun to shine in the morning, the God who tells the rain to fall, the God who makes the grass and the crops grow, the God who made and maintains His planet, that beautiful planet. Imagine living in a place where none of that exists. That is a Christless eternity. And when you accept His salvation plan, you can be assured that you spend your forever not in that utter darkness not in that extreme loneliness not in that being constantly falling into the abyss ah, but you'll be with him for all of eternity that's why he said come to me I love you come to me my son died for you escape while you can what a great invitation will you accept it will you receive it as a gift from his hand.
0: You're listening to Dr. Michael Youssef passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth on Leading the Way. This episode featured content from an event Dr. Youssef participated in at the historic Moody Center in Northfield, Massachusetts. And if you'd like to speak with a member of our pastoral team about spiritual things, Begin that conversation today, fill out a quick form at ltw.org slash Jesus.
2: Countless viewers have been impacted by leading the way's Finding True Peace spots that have aired on television and streamed online.
0: I was on the business news and there was Dr. Michael Youssef. He was reaching out to the viewers and talking about finding true peace, that we can find it through Jesus Christ.
1: And Christ is inviting you to experience His grace and mercy.
0: I've been fighting to find my way back to God. I need faith more than ever. I'm glad I saw Dr. Yusuf's commercial.
1: I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, come unto me, all who are carrying heavy burdens and worry and anxiety,
0: and I will give you rest. Visit FindingTruePeace.com
1: This
2: program invites viewers to visit FindingTruePeace.com where they can learn more, ask questions, and get connected with a counselor who can explain the gospel to them. The response to this invitation has been massive.
1: I need answers. I need God in my life. Thank you for providing this access. No
2: one has spoken the Word of God to me with such an impact as Dr. Youssef. Thank you, Leading the Way, for leading me to Christ.
1: If you're watching around the world, go to FindingTruePeace.com. Many pastors on the phone, ready to take your calls from wherever you are.
2: The Finding True Peace campaign is just one of the many ways leading the way is expanding its reach, directly speaking life and truth into the homes of people who desperately need it. Through initiatives like this one and many others, Leading the Way is growing and expanding connections across the globe. You can be a part of what God is doing through Leading the Way. Contact us today to learn more.
0: More than 30 years ago, God prompted Dr. Youssef to reach into the city of Atlanta using local radio as a tool, and Leading the Way was born. Since then, his obedience and his willingness to be used by God has taken leading the way far beyond Atlanta, into six continents, in 27 of the world's most spoken and understood languages. Your prayers and your financial support empower Dr. Youssef and the staff to reach people in your neighborhood and in neighborhoods like it all around the world. Our teams connect one-on-one with brothers and sisters who are living under a constant threat because of their faith in Jesus, helping them to grow through discipleship and fellowship with local believers. While we were privileged to impact many of the Afghanistan refugees in recent months, won't you consider a gift today to expand the reach of Dr. Youssef? Your gifts will impact lives here and in eternity. So speak with a ministry representative today. We are at 866-626-4356. Learn ways to partner. 866-626-4356. And online. We are at ltw.org. That's ltw.org. Blessed assurance, Jesus is
2: mine. Oh, what a fortress, the glory divine.
1: There are salvation, purchase of God, born of its spirit, washed his blood. This is my story. This is my story. Yes, this is my song.
0: This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world.